Welcome to the Village Health Podcast. I'm physical therapist, Dr. Eric Gullen, and I'm here with Dr. Matt Klingler, also a physical therapist. And we are in the business of helping people live their very best, most most healthy lives through good movement, good nutrition, good lifestyle. And today we are going to talk about how to source responsibly. Sourcing responsibly is one of our 12 key village principles that we use, and it is all about the relationship between us humans, the environment that we're in, and the animals and plants that we consume. How to maximize the ecosystem that we're in, both in our bodies as well as the land, the sea, the air. So if you're interested in understanding more about that relationship, if you want to know, is it worth the extra money to pay for foods that are organic or certified humane or grass-fed, if you want to know if there's any real difference in what they do nutritionally for your body, then this is the podcast to listen to. Yeah, we get a lot of questions from people like, okay, is it worth it for me to go and buy those expensive eggs that are brown (laughs) instead of the white ones (laughs) is it worth it to do the the grass-fed meat thing or is it all just a scam for for companies a way for companies to make more money should i do the organic thing or is it really no different for my body than the conventional produce we're going to dive into all those very briefly today across this podcast so by the end of this you should have a decent understanding of the why of why you want to care about all this stuff and and how it works as well as the nitty-gritty what do i buy when i go shopping what do i eat cool so let's jump in and talk about um the the key main reason why a 100 percent grass-fed animal product would be far superior and worth money compared to a conventionally grain-fed animal product. Great, perfect place to jump in in a a really, really common question, a common label that people look for, that grass-fed. So let's compare two different environments, two different cows, two different ways that this steak or dairy product or whatever it is that's 100% grass-fed. Did you say steak? I said I said beef. Beef. Okay. Uh, steak is in that category, I believe. <laughs> <laughs> is getting to you. Now, nothing in nature exists in isolation. Nothing in nature exists as its own special set aside thing. Everything in nature is working together. Plants, animals, bacteria, you name it. It's all part of one ecolo- uh, ecological system that is sustainable and produces health all for all parties involved all all, all members of this of this ecosystem so when we talk about a healthy cow we can't just talk about a cow that exists in isolation we have to talk about what makes that cow healthy what kind of environment now uh, for the scope of this discussion right now we're not going to do a deep dive into uh, farming and um you know, soil and bacteria and and all these different things. But the important thing to grasp is just that this animal is not going to exist in it as a, a, an isolation. And that is how the typical feedlot cow exists. They, uh, humans, we have figured out in our industrialized, technologicalized, is that a word? <laughs> I think so. Tech, techno, techno. Well, well, we'll find out about that word later. Anyway, um, In this current society that we live in, we figured out ways to make a lot of things in nature exist by themselves. And when it comes to cows, we do that through things like 
antibiotics that allow a cow to exist without all of its normal bacteria that keep it from getting sick. And when it does get sick, we just give it antibiotics. Now there are regulations in place now that uh, try to test and measure and make sure that we're not getting any of those antibiotics and things that are given to cows. However, there's a difference between what comes to us in our food and just the state of the animal itself. So if the cow's being given antibiotics, even if they're not, uh, so, uh, so to speak, making it into the food that you eat, it's still a problem because that means that that cow is in a completely different environment. So one example of that, you put a bunch of cows together, close quarters, you feed them instead of grass where they're uh, you know, getting a completely different nutrient profile and sunshine and all of those sorts of things that you think of when you think of a happy cow. But instead, you are feeding that cow tons and tons and tons of grain, soy, and corn. Then that is the thing that totally changes what you end up eating. And one of the really important things that it changes is the essential fatty acid profile from mostly a balance of omega-3s and omega-6s, which is really important for balancing inflammation in the body, to almost entirely omega-6s, which is kind of like having a gas pedal in a car with no brake pedal. So the fatty acid profile is totally different. That's a big part of it. But also the vitamin and mineral content is different too because when a cow is eating grass and that grass is grown in healthy, mineral-rich soil and that uh, sunlight comes in and you get all of these different vitamins and minerals going into that cow and then because of its uh, the space that it occupies and uh, spaces and it's not crowded into you know just one uh, kind of dusty area but it's got all these other elements to its environment that cow's bacteria the good bacteria the flora and fauna that cow's got are going to be different too and that's also going to change how it processes that grass that it's eating and what ends up being in its body so when you eat a 100% grass-fed beef product or dairy product, what you're getting is the result of the entire environment that it came out of, even if the product looks similar or tastes similar to the feedlot, factory-style, grain-fed equivalent, which of course is much cheaper, and that's why we do it. We want things to be cheap. We want them to be readily available. We don't want them to take a lot of effort to make, and there's just a lot more skill and time that goes into raising cattle properly. Yeah, and, and as you're making this switch from conventionally raised grain-fed meat to grass-fed, I think it's important to note that it tastes different. A lot of people have said, hey, it's like I, I paid way more for this, and I actually like the taste of the grain-fed stuff better. Uh, part of that is because that's what we're used to, and we just have to kind of wrap our minds around the fact that meat tastes a little different. And... I mean, some of the processing and the way that these animals are raised does indeed make them fatter, plumper, uh, artificially tastier, so to speak, when we eat them. So I find that is a, a good thing to know as you're getting into this grass-fed meat world. But they're still delicious. Yeah, totally. Still delicious. But I've heard from a lot of clients like, hey, this this doesn't... They've said things like either it, I don't like the taste as much or it definitely doesn't taste better to justify the cost. And it's not necessarily about the taste, it's more the environment that you're communicating to your body. Exactly. And not to mention that when you 
buy products that come from well-stewarded environments, you fund the stewardship of those environments. So if you care at all about the planet that we live on and its stewardship, <laughs> then you want to vote with your dollar for the people who are taking the best care of it. And it's one of the easiest, and dare I say it, most delicious ways to be an environmental activist is simply to buy products that come from well-stewarded environments to source responsibly. Now, on that note, a lot of people who are really conscious of the environment also think that the best way to do it is to become a vegan or not to eat any animal products. Now, the problem with that is twofold. First of all, a lot of what a typical vegan will eat are cash crops, corn, wheat, soy, that come from very poorly stewarded environments. You can hurt an environment and ecosystem just as much by cash crops as you can with animal feedlots. So that's a huge problem. The second thing is that you need, uh, you need environments that have a proper balance of plants and animals. And one of the best ways to fund that, again, that relationship between animals, plants, the land, bacteria, is to fund the people who are really good at maintaining those dynamics and those balances. And those come from those type of farms where they're raising different plants, they're raising different animals. Uh, a great documentary to watch. It's called Biggest Little Farm. It's all about one of these kind of farms It'll give you a really nice window into what that looks like. If you're into watching documentaries, that'll give you a much, much bigger picture into the kind of thing that I'm talking about than uh, we might be able to do in this podcast. But if you want to save the planet, if you, both uh, for ecological reasons as well as for health reasons, veganism is probably not the best choice because of how it still ends up resulting in a lot of these cash crops in poorly suited environments. Uh, and because, well, you just end up eating too much sugar. <laughs> yeah. And one story I've heard from quite a few people that have um, transitioned to a vegan or vegetarian lifestyle because of how they felt eating meat is that when they went back to adding in well-sourced meat, they still felt great and actually even felt better. So a lot of people will say, okay, when I, when I went vegetarian or vegan, I felt amazing. And they attribute that to, I was no longer eating meat, but really they were no longer eating poorly sourced meat or a lot of the stuff that people commonly eat with meat, which is like the burger with the cheap bread or the hot dog with the cheap bun. Deep um, fried yeah, it's, stuff. It's total crap. It's bad for us. That, and it's like, we're going to throw the baby out with the bathwater um, and say that all animal products are bad and unhealthy. When in reality, it's like, well, look at where those, uh, what, what comes with a lot of animal products today. Red meat's not the problem. It's the bun that it's wrapped around, the vegetable oil that it's fried in. The nitrates that cured it, all that kind of stuff. And, and how and the animal was raised. Which exactly. And, and speaking of that kind of quality, uh, one of the things that really drives me crazy, and I just don't understand why it's a thing, are all of the, the plant-based versions of animal products. So the, the soy the impossible cheese. burger. Yeah. Dude, the second ingredient of that thing is soybean oil. Yeah. It's a, it's a nightmare. So, you know, if you're not going to eat animal products for, you know, for one reason or another. And, and I think that there can be good reasons and, and good personal reasons to, you know, to choose to eat a diet that is only plant-based. 
please, 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 please don't eat those nasty, weird, quasi-animal products, the, the fake pepperoni, the fake sausages, the, the Beyond the Burger. Um, that stuff is so laden with all of the chemicals and post-industrial garbage that probably turns you away from a lot of the, you know, the, the feedlot conventional meat anyway. So, and uh, I think I've heard from a lot of people, the concern of cost, mm-hmm. grass-fed meat costs more, wild-caught fish costs more, pasture-raised eggs costs more. And I have two things to say. If number you, one, number one, if you think about the amount of nutrients you're getting per dollar, you're actually getting more for your money. And then number two, you probably don't need to eat as much of the meat as you were when it was conventional because the body gets filled up by nutrients. So if we're eating something that's more nutrient dense, we're going to get fuller faster and probably don't need as much of it. And, and like (laughs) we talked about in the last couple episodes, if you're eating a diet of healthy fats and your metabolism is able to burn fat for fuel, you probably don't need as much food. Mm -hmm. So I'll give a, I'll give a personal example of this. And uh, Dr. Matt and I were just talking about this before lunch in, you know, I grew up thinking that I needed to eat somewhere in the neighborhood of three to 5,000 calories a day, and that was established uh, mostly because of things like my exercise physiology courses in college where we you know, literally did tests that showed how many calories I was burning and then all of the textbooks. And so that's, that's if you're you know, uh, relatively young and active in, in, in male and all of that stuff. But the number of calories that we tend to think we need to eat are based off of primarily carbohydrate metabolisms of rather unhealthy people who aren't probably getting enough nutrients. So, and I'm not suggesting, uh, I'm not suggesting anybody else do this uh, at this point in this podcast, but uh, I've been doing a thousand to 1500 calorie a day diet and actually gaining muscle mass working out. And because of that calorie restriction, not actually having to buy so many of these foods, not having to have so much of a big environmental impact. So there are ways to kind of have your cake and eat it too. But what happens is when you become more efficient, cake. <laughs> when you become more efficient, when your metabolism isn't, um, you know, a gas guzzler type thing, the body really changes a lot and you can have a very high level of performance with a lot less food than you might think you need to eat. So that's a big part of that that cost, is that as your body gets healthier, you don't have to put so much of it in your body. As the nutrient content gets higher, you don't have to put so much of it in your body. Should we talk about labels? Yeah, um, before we get there, there's also this concept of investing in your health. And the earlier you start, the more the interest that you accrue compounds. I was just reading an investment book, uh, financial investment, and it made me think of nutrition and how, man, if people just started eating really well-sourced foods and exercising and resting deeply before they developed a chronic disease, it's like they're gonna create this amazing buffer for themselves uh, through life. So so yes, the answer is yes, well-sourced foods are worth it, organic is worth it, Um, 100% grass-fed is worth it. We're going to talk about very specific labels here in just a second. And I guess the answer to people that say, well, I can't afford all of it. I can't do organic and grass-fed and, you know, pay for (laughs) the personal fitness coaching that I need. I would say eat a little bit less. And if you are going to have meat, that's where it's super important to go 100% grass-fed or wild-caught. And then 
produce wise, if you're going to go non-organic, make sure it's not something on the dirty dozen list, which you can Google. Those are the fruits and vegetables that are the highest in terms of pesticides. Yeah. So one website that we like to refer people to when it comes to choosing labels, because not all labels are created equal. For instance, we've been talking a lot about grass-fed. Well, there's a difference between a label that says 100% grass-fed and just grass-fed. And you can probably imagine which one is more regulated. It's the 100% grass-fed. And there's a lot of labels like that, some of which are really good and reliable, some of which are kind of okay, and some of which really don't mean anything. And so we're not going to get into all of that uh, right now, but the website to go to is ewg.org. Again, ewg.org. It's a great website. You can, uh, very, very interactive, very, uh, very ergonomic and user-friendly. You can figure out what you're looking at, whether it's seafood, beef, pork, turkey, eggs, you name it. And they'll show you which labels to look for, which ones are good, which one's not so good great resource and can really help inform what you choose to buy and where you choose to put your money. On that note, another thing that you might want to do, even if a certain food doesn't have a label that's reputable, if you're suspicious that it is reputable, it's usually going to come from a farm that just hasn't been able to afford the tremendous cost of getting the certification. So there are good products coming from good farms that just aren't big enough yet to get certified organic or certified humane. So if there's a product that you think is probably good quality, just make sure you know the farm that it's coming from. And a lot of times they'll have a website or numbers where you can call and check things out too. So in conclusion, invest with your dollars care for your body well, create an environment of health, going organic, 100% grass-fed, free-range, pasture-raised, wild-caught is worth the extra money. Start it as soon as possible and continue it for the rest of your life.